Welcome to Path of Inner Peace podcast. I am Ricardo, an intuitive empath, medium, Reiki practitioner, and the illustrating author of the Triad in Tales. On the podcast, we discuss in a sacred and safe arena all sorts of subjects, ranging from the very mundane and often amusing world of an experience of fitness training, to comics, animation, and movies, and all the way to indigenous sovereignty, anti-racism, and the uplift of the LGBTQIA communities across the globe. Also, we also cover the several spiritual topics me and our amazing guests will discuss for you. In your own path of inner peace, it is my desire to support and uplift you where you are right now and on the way to who you're becoming. So let's take a step. Welcome. Today's episode is called Fernanda. Fernanda. Uh, is someone I love very dearly. And today's episode is based on the impact we have and how we can acknowledge and support ourselves. Today, I received the sad news of a dear friend of mine passing away. Fernanda is or was the mother of a childhood friend of mine. And in the Jurassic ages before the internet, (laughs) I remember watching her and being with her and seeing how powerful she was as a woman, how funny she was, how welcoming she was to me and how empathetic she was to everyone around her while being powerful, while being a force of nature on her own. And I remember also because we developed this relationship beyond her being the mother of a friend of mine and me being a friend of her son's, Uh, to actually becoming friends with each other even before my teens. Um, It was was an awakening for me without me realizing that this was such a huge influence in my life. And this is why I want to pay tribute to her. Um, Because I remember that we developed this tradition throughout the years. Whenever it was her birthday, I would give her a sketch or a drawing or an illustration of a lady with big boobies <laughs> and <laughs> me being the gray, the the queer artist that I am, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I don't know why she likes it. But the thing is, this was a very voluptuous woman and she, she had a, an amazing sense of humor. And for some reason she said, I love it when you draw these pictures for me. And we just developed that as a reinforcement to our relationship. <clears throat> so, drawing those pictures for her and validating her as she was with all her proportions, with all her dimensions, with all her sense of humor, with her voice, with her creativity, um, and even with her sense of sadness, um, was sacred to me. And I understood that we had become a specific type of friends that I would come to treasure much later in life. And that I am now so grateful to be able to enjoy in my life with some of the people in the community that listens to this podcast as well. Um, The friendship with her was a friendship of mutual support and mutual encouragement. So it's almost as if she was like an auntie for me or a surrogate mother, and I was a surrogate son, but we went beyond that as well, because I remember that we would confess things, we would open up with each other in a way that I would hardly see anyone else doing. And I remember having a close relationship with my own godmother, which was very similar to that. 
but my occasional meeting with this person only during summer breaks or sometimes uh, on the weekends when we went camping and we met there um it was much more occasional so it was not as frequent as meeting my godmother so it was that much more important and we often had meals together because my friend would invite me for lunch or i would invite him for dinner or lunch at at my mom's and i watched a lot of misogyny i watched a lot of chauvinism thrown her way and her being a powerful uh, mother of a household without being allowed to fully embrace that was really painful for me and because i was a child and because i was living through abuse myself i felt like i needed to protect her and i needed to support her even if i could not help myself as a child as someone who had almost no sovereignty whatsoever over my life or anything um i wanted to at least show her that even though i had no power i had the freedom and the ability to still be there for her and so i think without even saying these specific words we really communicated at we really communicated at that level and that's why i am so grateful for this presence in my life and it's bittersweet for me because i returned to portugal 7 months ago but we are literally in the middle of one of the biggest pandemics that um humanity has ever seen um second only to the hiv pandemic um but <laughs> getting very very close to its numbers uh, by the day um it's bittersweet because i wanted to see her but i couldn't because she was immunocompromised and in more or less recent years she had been diagnosed with cancer and um having done voluntary work as a reiki practitioner with women struck by breast cancer many years ago i felt like i i owed her not in terms of debt but i wanted to somehow be connected with her but the turmoil that was 2021 for me um really distracted me from connecting with some of these people and rather than blaming myself for not reaching out i am choosing to pay her tribute in this part of the episode because someone as beautiful someone as funny someone as giving someone as joyful and at the same time someone as vulnerable and someone who had to survive in a society in a community in a culture that would deny her any dignity long before the internet long before feminism was seen as something empowering when feminism was seen as just a thing women complaining and weak men supporting women that complain and while i'm really grateful that we've turned that page and it's not about women complaining it's about all of us supporting dignity holistically um this is why i want to basically pay tribute to her because she lived in a different age she survived it and she came to this age 
And so many of us have no idea who she was. We have just grieved or celebrated the life of Betty White. And now I understand why my love for Fernanda was so deep and is so real and alive in me. Because she was that classy kind of lady that even though she may not have been, you know, the most conventionally elegant people, she was classy, she was honored, she had character, and she had, above all, love for anyone who came her way. And so, because I love teachers who teach by example, I absorb that from her somehow, and I try to echo that and emulate that in my own behavior. So, just to, I know that I just went on a huge tangent or ramble over there, but she was one of the people that enabled me to exercise my empathy proactively and creatively. So with those pictures that I drew for her and those conversations that we would have while doing the dishes together or while just walking around the, the beach sand, um, the seashore, um, in between my almost infinite dives, um, it was so validating for me to be recognized as a full human being when I spoke with her. And I think it was equally validating for her, but I cannot even guess, to see a young boy talking to her, listening to her, and hyping her up. And this is when I, when I just sat to write and to share this episode with you, it just dawned on me how much of a full circle this is. And it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love being a hype man for people in my community or people that I get to serve. Because each of us is unique. There is this unique beauty within each of us and to each of us that I will never tire of repeating. I might talk about this every single episode. So if you get tired of it, you know, skip the episode or go to another podcast. There's a few that I can recommend and I'm sure you're gonna love them. Um, by the way, one of them being Pretty Intuitive by Nike Oria, Inner Bloom Podcast by uh, Alexa Hauser and Ambrosia Matthews, uh, Murder and Mediumship by Catherine, Catherine Ann Galvin, and there's more. Um, but. Those are just a few to start with. Um, <laughs> so being a hype man for me in my adult age is all, not only about recognizing that there's people who live in conditions and in circumstances that are constraining to them. It's also for me a celebration of life. It's a celebration of their life and it's a celebration of your life. It's a celebration of how you conquer your own freedom and how you become fully yourself. And um, I'll get to this later on in the episode. So I am so grateful for the presence of Fernanda in my life. And I'm again, grateful that there are other friendships and relationships and connections that I have uh, in my current life that are so similar and that exist on that level and even more. And as I did somewhat recently, I would like to reiterate my gratitude for anyone and everyone who supported me before I left Japan throughout my exit of Japan and my transition to Portugal. 
those of you who accompanied me in real time, you know how painful it has been. You know how difficult it has been. Um, but my gratitude extends further. My gratitude extends to those who chose to continue to support me after my return or my um, coming back to Portugal. Um, because as a dream interpreter, as, an, as a meditation uh, narrator, as your journey or life quest partner, as an intuitive medium, as an illustrator, as a Reiki practitioner, every single person who has chosen to support me, to reach out to me so that I can serve you, you've helped me survive. You've been helping me stay alive and continue to be able to do what I do. And I think this episode was long overdue, not only to celebrate you and to express my gratitude to every single person who has done so and every single person who chooses to keep on doing it. Because I believe it is time to take stock. It's time to just look back and see that I had a very intense year, like we all did throughout the pandemic and all of the hardships and, you know, curveballs that life has thrown at us and all of the things that we have chosen to throw ourselves into on top of that. It's really important to look back and to appreciate Rob, to appreciate Alexa, Ambie, Jessica, Catherine, Christina, to appreciate Trish Bishop, to appreciate all of the people that I got to know on Clubhouse, all of the people that I get to interact with on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, <laughs> and elsewhere as well. It's really important for me to be able to share my gifts. And I hope that this episode brings you something more of benefit and value. So even if you know some of the things that I'm going to talk about or not, maybe this reminder might trigger a good decision on your part. And when I say a good decision is a decision to do something or to veer a certain way that supports, uplifts and empowers you. That is always my motto. That is always my modus operandum. When I interpret dreams, when I do, um, intuitive portraits or illustrations, when I do intuitive mediumship or psychic readings. Um, ultimately, my role in this world as a practitioner, as someone who is here to share life, is to celebrate you and to remind you of the beauty, the power, and the unique force, energy, and life that is yours to celebrate. So let's talk about journaling and dream journaling, just for a minute. Um, dream journaling particularly is especially self-empowering because it is in the most broadest, whoa, wow, two superlatives, <laughs> English teacher mode, off. Um, it In the most broad way, or in the broadest of ways, you are listening to your subconscious mind as you write down your dreams. You remember or you recall your experience at night and you are writing down your perceptions or emotions or just blue um, bullet points of what you experienced. And that is, whether you're aware of it or not, and from now on you will be, um, when you take note of your dreams, you are validating your direct connection to your subconscious mind. 
which means your subconscious mind exists to support you, to guide you, or to at least relay to you information that you can benefit from however you choose to act upon it. And um, the subconscious mind will always keep on feeding you images, dreams, and, and imagery, right? Like experiences at night, pardon me, that support, uplift, and um, make your life better. And I know that there's some extreme cases of dreams and that there's some extreme cases of people who have horrible dreams or really, really extreme dreams. And some of these people have been dealing with trauma or have been dealing with um, harsh and extreme experiences in their lives, such as soldiers in war zones, such as nurses in emergency rooms, um, such as people who've uh, withstood um, abuse since their childhood until their adult age, people who've experienced extreme religious trauma, which is a thing, it exists, it's real, uh, people who've been surviving and doing their best to thrive within a white supremacist society. All of these dreams that might seem extreme, all of these dreams that send us sometimes really triggering images, they are alerting us to something that is ultimately beneficial to us, which is our ability to tap within our own self, our own voice, listen to it, acknowledge it, validate it, and take whatever the message is to make our life within ourselves and in how we carry ourselves in the world better. Um, so dream journaling is super important. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not telling everybody to do it. I'm saying dream journaling is a form of validating your subconscious mind, of honing your intuition uh, indirectly, and of basically understanding who you are in aspects of your life where you couldn't gain that insight. So if you want to try it out, and if you need any guidance with it, you can reach out to me. Like my services are available in my link tree on my Instagram, Rick for Art. Journaling in general is so similar to dream journaling in the sense that when you are writing something down, there's a connection between your brain, your hand, your eyes, and the paper. And it's not about typing. It's not about voice logging, even though I have addressed those online. Um, there's something, there's something in the biochemistry, in the reactions that happen in our brain, in the neurons that are activated, in the ability to actually triangulate all of these functions of our physical body with the content of what's in our mind, our hearts, and our experience. And so journaling, writing things down, like dumping it on the paper or just writing again, bullet points, whatever the format you choose to express yourself in, allow it to strengthen you, allow it to support and uplift you and to bring you ease. It's still a reinforcement that your subconscious mind, that your emotional self are valid, okay? And this is really important. There's this saying, and I don't know how to actually quote it, uh, but it's like, if you write it down, if you allow it to get out of your system by writing it down, you are creating space or you're allowing space within you for something new or for something better than what was inside. So. I know sometimes it's awkward and I'm going to come to this awkward thing later with another practice that I want to suggest to you. Um, I know that it's sometimes awkward to just like write it down and feel like, okay, I wrote it down, but nobody's going to read it. Nothing's going to happen from this. So 
what I want to say is that something is already happening. You're just not fully aware of it, is that by writing it down, you are clearing space. Writing it down, you are in the process of processing it already. Maybe there's a lot more steps and there's a lot more things you can do, like EFT tapping. You know, like there's so many things that you can do, like breath work, shadow work, Reiki, whatever it is that you feel called to do, whatever it is to do, like familial constellations, whatever, whatever it is you feel called to do to help yourself in your pain or or dealing with trauma or dealing with pasts or dealing with blockages, whatever it is. Journaling is ultimately a means to have a relationship with yourself that is kind of like a dialogue or as close to a dialogue as possible. Um, and I'm going to come back to this part as well very soon. This is not supposed to be a long episode. <laughs> um, so I would like us to reflect on becoming our own best friend and how that can be both confronting in how we actually show up for ourselves and others, but also actually, and also very empowering at the same time. Um, when we journal, when we give ourselves that space and time, this is a sacred practice. Whether we are being interrupted by our children, our pets, by an appointment of sorts, giving yourself even three minutes to jot something down on a notebook or a journal, actual journal, or just a piece of paper, you are making yourself a priority there. You are... I have to say this, you are becoming your own temple of alchemy <laughs> because you are working your inner magic. You are really looking into the energy of yourself and your life and you're putting it on paper. And so you're creating motion. This is the thing. You're already creating momentum, whether you can feel it, whether you can see your life changing immediately or not, know that it is happening. This is so important. Know that it is already happening. So whether journaling with pen and paper or whether journaling by vlogging, whatever the format it is, as long as it serves you, I'm going to support you. I recommend the written, the handwritten style because it has physiological effects and consequences that you can sense immediately in yourself if you allow yourself to watch your feelings and to really observe how things are happening as you write down and as you read back on what you wrote. Um, and so this thing about becoming your own best friend and how it can be confronting and how it can feel awkward to do all of these practices of self-love, self-care. First of all, let's just acknowledge that the society or the societal paradigm that we exist and we live in is actually sick. Um, all of this, um, wording and the scientists talking about neurodivergence. I've already spoken about it online. Also, I prefer neurodiversity because we are all different. We're all unique. We're all valuable. And I don't think that there is a mainstream way of existing as a human being on earth. Um, there is a mainstream way now, but it's because it's been normalized, especially by the Rockefeller uh, educational system, which is basically the industrial system uh, that was implemented in the United States. And it kind of like echoed into the world. And you can see that in extreme forms, such as the educational system in Japan, Korea, where it's very, very much like a factory. And you can see it by the way um, even though there are some benefits to certain things, because like we're, we're all beyond duality. It's not just one way or another. There's nuance. 
and I lived 12 years in Japan, so I can definitely testify to some of the benefits of certain things, but the uniforms, the long schedules away from family, um, very little time to rest. This is all indoctrination for people to deny themselves their feelings, to deny themselves the time to live their uh, lives and to explore their own selves beyond what is being ascribed to them. And so please remember that when you feel awkward about doing journaling, about doing mirror work, which is what I want to talk about next, the awkwardness is not so much about, I, I mean, you know your own experience, so I'm not going to talk about your experiences if I know it, but I know what my awkwardness was like. And I, I kind of fairly quickly understood that the awkwardness was not so much about me being embarrassed about sitting in front of a mirror and creating time and a moment with myself where I was talking to myself as if I were my own best friend. And so I became my best friend. It's more that, oh, society would make fun of me for doing this. But this is empowering. This brings you a greater sense of inner peace. This brings you ownership and sovereignty over yourself, which society or the societal paradigm is actually trying to take away from you. So of course it feels like people who were not interested in your um, highest well-being would make fun of you. But remember, those are not the people you're interested in connecting with. The people you're interested in connecting with are first and foremost, the person on the other side of the mirror. And then whoever connects and aligns with you as you choose to love yourself in the way that serves you best. So next time you want to do mirror work, you don't have to sit there for 15 minutes. You can sit there for one minute or even less. Give yourself the chance to progress gradually. But when you sit there and you create this space, you can be romantic with yourself. Light up some candles, play some soothing music, uh, burn incense if you like that. Just make sure that you have like a journal next to you if you really want to write something down. But in the moment where you're looking in the mirror and a part of your mind is judging you and a part of your voice is quivering, remember, it's okay. It's okay to be ridiculous. It's, a bit, it's okay to be silly. It's okay to be childish. So allow yourself to play with it. And here's just uh, an anecdote of how I came to speak English the way I do. As you know, English is not my, uh, my mother tongue. It's my second language, but I actually use it more naturally now than even Portuguese. So when I was four or five, I remember being with my cousin and whenever we spoke of English, we would mock English. We would use mock English. It was not English. We were just playing with the pronunciation, the way the foreign language sounded to us. But we did it so much and uh, to a certain extent, Portuguese people do it so much because we are so exposed to foreign languages that it becomes a part of our brain process as well. And so I understood that I was mocking it, but I was falling in love with it to the point that by the time I entered um, elementary school, I was bugging my mother and my father. They were already separated, but I was bugging them both to let me learn English. And so as soon as they got fed up with me annoying them with that, I started learning. Within two years, I was <laughs> ahead of any of my classes. And within three years, I was helping teachers with grammar details and stuff like that. And of course, I'm still making mistakes now because learning a language is 
uh, infinite, but whatever, that's not the point. The thing is you get used to doing dr uh, dream interpretation, dream journaling, uh, mirror work, EFT, whatever the practice you choose to love yourself with and to come into touch with your own self to develop, cultivate like the most beautiful garden of inner peace, uh, choose the one that really, really serves you and uplifts to you. But if you do mirror work, embrace the awkwardness be there for you know that those thoughts of someone bullying you or making fun of you you can literally see that as you know the bad kids in the playground and you're looking yourself in the mirror reassuring the other side that you're okay i'm with you it's okay to feel afraid it's okay to think that this is ridiculous but i love you right here right now try it 30 seconds that's my request. Try it for 30 seconds. And if you need to share something else with you, know that you can literally trust yourself with that. So, <laughs> whew. I love mirror work and mirror work was brought to me through Louise L. Hay. So if you don't know Louise L. Hay, you can Google or you can go to Hay House and you can find stuff on mirror work. You can find so much of her work that has been actually fundamental for so many of us in this community. Um, so that's it on mirror work. That's it on dream journaling. I would like to refer to my services. So I do dream interpretation. I do dream journaling and interpretation coaching um, periods. If you're interested, I do intuitive um, medium readings as well. I do custom guided meditations. I am a freelance illustrator. You can find me at Rickford Art on Instagram, and my link tree is there. And there's this phrase that I've used for such a long time, even before the podcast, which is peace be with you always. And I thought that this was something like I had learned, like from the angels in the Bible or something like that. But actually, I learned yesterday that this is a parallel to the Muslim uh, greeting that goes like, Salam Aleikum. And this is only half of it, which is peace be with you or in you. And then there's the reverse sentence. And I'm, I just want to leave you with that. Those who care about peace propagate it, cultivate it. So I hope that you will join me and you allow me to join you in this journey of inner peace. Let's keep on taking steps together. I love you. Talk to you very, very soon. Peace be with you, always. You can connect with the podcast on every streaming platform where you can find podcasts, and you can also connect with the podcast on Instagram at Path of Inner Peace. Also on Facebook, there is a, a group page there that you can connect with the podcast. If you want to connect with me directly, you can connect with me at Rick Number Four Art on Instagram and TikTok, and uh, also Clubhouse um, on Facebook. You can also connect through the um, podcast platform and through email, you can connect with me at rickforart at gmail.com. If you want to schedule a meeting or a call with me, you can go onto my link tree in my Instagram profile and there you can find my landing page. 
um, where you will be able to choose whatever function I can perform for you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Peace be with you always.